Stutterbox Productions is a backbone for many of the events that you see in the Midwest, from EDM festivals to late-night hip-hop shows. This company has been working closely with this podcast since the beginning, and we always have plenty of things planned for the future. So, if you're looking to plan your next gear event, head over to their Facebook page to learn more today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cowsters Podcast. I'm your host, Lois Coleman Cowster, joined um, by returning guest Sterling Banks for another episode. How are we doing today? So good, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you drove you drove quite a way here. Is that correct? What? How far did you drive? How, what's your drive here? Uh, so it was about three and a half hours down Ooh. from Minneapolis. Oh, you're on Minneapolis. Yeah. Well, technically, Egan is like a suburb of St. Paul, but yeah. Damn. Well, that's commitment. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come out here. You know? I used to, I used to do the, um, I used to go up to camp in Wisconsin, mm. and Minneapolis is always a halfway point for us. So I've done, I did the Mall of America three times, and mm. yeah, all that. So it's a neat little place, you know. Despite yeah. the, despite the recent, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that part wasn't so great. <laughs> you know, it was it. neat. Probably the first like ten times I went, and then yeah sure now i'm just like when you live there and go there all the time it kind of loses its luster yeah well um <laughs> jordan creek out here is like technically the biggest town center really but like nobody gives a fuck they're like oh it's just a it's just a mall essentially right? you know but that's technically a town center i, I can't even remember the last time i was there it's, oh, it have to go check it out yeah it is what it is they um i heard good news for minnesota recently too they uh, legalized it sure did (laughs) (laughs) that means nothing for me i don't smoke anymore but (laughs) sure did (laughs) the the younger you is rejoicing Mm -hmm. exactly yeah i'm like oh yeah here we go (laughs) yeah hopefully it happens here it'll probably probably be another decade before that happens but Mm, i feel like it'll happen sooner you think so yeah i hope so i hope so actually well not with kim reynolds Well, that's the thing. <laughs> this movie i'm working on with like with her like part of me is kind of hoping like i kind of hope they don't legalize it so like i could still put this on a timer exactly relevant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no legalize it legalize 100 uh so you have a recent pro- or a new project that's um coming in the works with when's that dropping and what's the project uh, called? july 7th okay. i lied july 5th i'm doing a festival july 7th there's a lot of july dates happening uh yeah, july yeah. 5th okay the album is dropping it's called 30 and um i wonder what it's about (laughs) (laughs) not to age myself or anything (laughs) but uh um yeah so it's kind of a, a a mixed thing so like when i first started conceptualizing the project um one of the main songs the title track actually to the album is called 30 and it was a record i had written like two weeks before i turned 30 and it was just kind of that like anxiety of like Mm. so when i turned 30 it was my dirty 30 and my golden birthday (laughs) and a dirty 30 when you turn 30 oh that oh okay that's just what it is like a special kind of 30 (laughs) (laughs) i'm the special kind of 30 No, so it was my dirty 30 and my golden birthday. And so I've just like looked forward to this my whole life. And as it approached, I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of terrifying. Everything is different than what I thought it would be when I was, you know, like 10, 15, 20 years old. Um, 
So I wrote a record that is just kind of like the anxiety as well as like looking back on like everything that's happened. Like I kind of mentioned like how I've got some friends buried and like just how much has changed over the years turning into 30. Um, So that was kind of the conceptual piece of the album 30, but the album itself actually turned into like a summer vibe project. So I really tried to like encapsulate a fun summer day where like you you, kind of start medium and then you go up high and you're partying and having fun and drinking and grilling out and boating. And then it like slowly tapers down to like the end of the night where you're like, all right, pour one out for the homies. Hell yeah. But you can't go wrong with that, right? You know, you know, and it's a lot different than um, my typical style. So I, I know we talked about this the last time I was here that like I'm very aggressive, I'm very mm. bab, I'm very yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah, big yeah. dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> which like I mean it still is all of those things, but honestly it's just um it's a lot like softer version of me. Like mm. There's a handful of pop records. There's a country song on it. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I woke up, um, it was probably like four or five weeks ago, I woke up one morning and I was like, I'm going to write a fucking country banger today. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) So then I was like, well, fuck, I got to put this on the album because it's too good not to. So, Do you have like country influences? Like, is that something, was that like a part of your life or is it kind of just something random that you Garth Brooks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the thunder rolls. Yeah. I fucking love Garth Brooks. There's actually a Garth Brooks cover on the album. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting album, not what you would typically think to hear from me, but I'm excited to like share the new style. I think it's a lot more receivable and a little less aggressive than <laughs> fucking well. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's like part of being 30 or do you think it's just like a marketing thing for you or what's... No, I do think that's kind of like the evolution of turning 30 where I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, like, yeah. You're over it. I'm over it. I could yeah. be, and it, it is It is still very big dick energy. Like, I'm still very confident. I'm still very big dick energy. I'm still very bab. But I just don't really yeah. care about rapping about it all the time <laughs> anymore. Like, sure. And it'll, it'll make, like, its circle. I am releasing another album in October, and that one will kind of, like, come back to that more, like, darker, aggressive, mm style so it will circle back but and then i'm also dropping an album in january oh um, nice nice yeah, back to back. so <sighs> i don't know why i thought that would be a great idea but that one's actually going to be exclusively like a cover and mashup album because mm. i do just like oh fun so many covers and so many mashups of just like really unique stuff so i'm like let me just put it all in a place <laughs> so let me ask you because i don't think i've actually listened to like any of your covers or mashups per se like okay. how do you how do you approach that are you kind of just doing it verbatim or are you trying to mix it up some way like how do you like approach doing like a cover or, like releasing like an entire album that's just you know covers and all that so generally my covers are like never just a straight up cover i think i've done it maybe three times total where it's just been like a straight up cover to like the original music and whatever. Sure. Generally, I try and ge- um, genre bend it. Okay. So I'll take like a Garth Brooks song and make it almost like a R&B pop song. Oh, or, fun, fun. You know, okay. like I'll, I'll try and play around with it that way. Or I'll do um, 
mashups. So I actually went viral on TikTok. Oh, fun. Nice. <laughs> I did a mashup of I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor and Cleaning Out My Closet by Eminem. <laughs> so I try and do like wacky <laughs> shit like that too, where it's like you wouldn't ever expect those two to be in a song together. But then when I did it, it was like fire. Like it sounded like they were meant to be together. So I never try and do it just exactly it is. It's always my very like quirky rendition of it that lives in the r&b pop and hip-hop realm awesome awesome so are you like for the instrumentals are you doing them yourself or are you having other people do them like how do you approach that part some of it is my beats i'm still making beats nice, um nice. but some of them are ones that i find from different producers there's like a handful of different producers that i kind of gravitate towards when i'm making music I think the hardest thing for me is like I make a lot of beats, but it's just not a beat that I would write to. Mm. And I'm like, why is this? <laughs> why can't why can't I either make beats that I would write to or write to the beats that I make? Like, where is that disconnect? So that's my like big thing right now is trying yeah. to figure out how to get in my lane with my <laughs> yeah, beat making. Yeah. Well, I can relate to that, though. I feel like uh, when I did beats, like, um, I would have those. It's almost like kind of like having an off day, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, ha- like, a, like a day, like showing up to work while you're sick or something. You, like, just kind of pump something out, and you kind of look at it later, and you're like, this doesn't, I really think I could rap to this or put something over this. And then sometimes you, like, look at that beat, like, two years later, and you're like, oh, you know, I could actually, I can actually wrap my head around it. That's really cool. Right. You do that, too. I do, when I'm, like, making music generally that's like how the music process starts for me is either if i'm doing like a cover song i pick the song and then i just like scroll beats and and find the one and as soon as i hear it i know but like if i'm writing my own original music it starts with the beat and once i hear the beat like i'm just like 10 minutes later got the song written so for me the beat is just like so pivotal and i'm like well if i'm not vibing with my beats then i just can't write to it like i gotta i gotta get in my lane what am i doing (laughs) (laughs) who hired me (laughs) um so on these projects are you use how much of it is your own beats versus other people's i think on this one there's only one of my beats okay yeah um it it kind of mixes so like on my last album um it was none of them were my beats but that was before i started beat making and since then i've dropped instead of doing albums i've been dropping singles so then there's like intermittently there's my beats throughout there but then on this project it's there's one it's a dope song (laughs) it's a dope beat (laughs) Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's why I wrote to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love what you're doing. You got a great voice, and uh, everything that I've heard of yours is just is on point. So you're doing great. I I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying yeah, out here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you said you had a lot going on this summer, like uh, show wise and all that. What do you? What, what's the? I, I saw you posted on Instagram. You have like a whole like whole calendar worth of things you're doing. What's uh? What's your year look like? So next weekend, I am playing Pain Fest in P A Y N E, not like 
<laughs> Sterling stop stop pain fest, you know. <laughs> that would be interesting. I have to clarify that because people are like stabby Sterling. <laughs> so I'm like uh clarifying. No, P A Y N E pain fest. Um that's in St. Paul. Uh, so I'm playing at um Cadence Records. That's it, Cadence Records. Um and then the following weekend after that, we are power shooting three music videos for the album. We have one already done. And then that weekend, we're shooting three more. And then July 5th, the album drops. The 7th, I'm performing Jimmy Palooza. And um, that night, I'll do like an album release party afterwards. Oh, nice. And then in August, I'll do, um, I want to say it's like the 25th and 26th is Cedar Valley Pride. I'll do Cedar Valley Pride. I do that every year. Nice. Um, And then throughout there, it is just back-to-back-to-back music videos and then starting to promo for the October album. (laughs) Damn, that's crazy. Let me ask you, like... um, you know, like, because you're busy, obviously. I mean, you, you have your son here, you're a parent, you know, and you're also, you're doing, uh, you know, you're doing all this back-to-back, these music videos and the performances. Like, how do you have the energy for all this? I mean, it, it just, it, it seems like you're working. I mean, I'm, I, I can imagine you're working every day in one of those, you know, regards. Like, how do you keep doing it? Coffee. <laughs> a lot of coffee. Hey, sponsored. Uh, you know. Sponsored by Folgers. <laughs> Um, for me, it's kind of the music that is what gives me the energy and motivates me to do it. Cause like, that's what I want to do. And I enjoy what I do for work. So like, that's nice. And I get to go to work and do what I want. But when I come home, like, even when I'm at work, I'm still like thinking about, oh, like, this is what I need to get done for this album, and this is what I need to get done for the merch order, and this is what I need to get done for contacting different artists. And so I'm, like, constantly thinking about the music, and, like, I'm just hungry for it. <laughs> so, you know, my, my my free time is kind of, like, when I have my kids, and that's, like, when I stop, and I'll just kind of go off the radar. Like, mm. You can tell when I have my kids because I don't post as much. I don't. I'm not like doing as much. I'll just kind of like slow way down on work, and so then I have to like once I'm like back in that space, I'm like I gotta get this, 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 this done. But I'm also like very organized. Like I have a five foot whiteboard in my oh, room okay. that I'm. I've got like that. ten different to do notes and lists of how I need things to be, and like I still use a. Um, an actual physical planner so i just i organize everything and i know when i need to have it done so like okay with this project prime example (laughs) (laughs) with this project um i set a deadline i said you know like because i mix and mastered the entire thing myself as well and so i set the deadline and i'm like by such and such sunday i have to have everything mixed and mastered and that was actually two weeks before it had to go out to distribution to hit that like month out from the release date. So I could still hit that month out, but I kept that two weeks specifically. So like if any feature artists didn't give me their verse on time, if I wanted to like take a step back, stop listening and then re-listen and, oh, I need to fix that. I could re- get things remixed and remastered to put back into the project and 
I do things like that That's smart. That's <laughs> that smart. allow me to make sure I'm prepared for the prepared for the prepared. <laughs> backup plans for backup plans for backup plans is how I do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I can, you know, I can appreciate your uh, punctuality. And like, uh, I think that's like, there's so many people that I know who are like great artists, but like, they're so lacking in that. It just kind of like drives me like, come on, man. You're like, if you just like tighten this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it like, I, cause I've always been like a very like, kind of like anal when it comes to like the dates and like you know like i you know like when i do my movie stuff like i plan things out way far in advance but like you know the beautiful thing about films like that's like a that's like a genre where like they want that they want you to plan things like two Mm -hmm. years in advance type of thing you know what i mean so yeah i mean it's it's important to have that it's important to have that um and i just get so high anxiety like Mm, when things don't go to plan like Mm. one of the music videos for this project got like rescheduled and we're still like in the workings of figuring out when we're gonna reschedule it for and i'm like this is why we don't reschedule things because i don't know what to do with my hands (laughs) like i just i don't function well in that space like i have a plan and it has to go to plan Or yeah. I just freak out. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we're working with people. I mean, I guess you're in Minneapolis, but like, mm-hmm. you know, working with people in the Midwest, I mean, anybody in the Midwest, like usually you're working with like someone who also has a nine to five and someone who also has a family. So like mm-hmm. time amongst like creatives in this area in itself is very limited. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like when, like, I mean, experience on the podcast all the time, like when you have a date that doesn't fall through and then it's like, oh, I'm not going to be available for another two months. You got like, sometimes you got to make it work. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy how it works. Um, do you ever get like, you know, you talk about like high anxiety, like coming into these before, you know, doing all these performances. Does that ever give you, maybe we talked about this last time, but like, does that give you stress when you're going up to perform or you just kind of handle like a pro at this point? I think I probably get more stressed over what I'm going to wear <laughs> than actually performing. Um, I have been known to. And I try not to do it often because, again, I very much like to plan ahead in advance. But mm-hmm. I have been known to put together my set list on the way to a show. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, performing, not so much. But I've been, like, on the stage performing basically, like, since I was born. Like, I started piano when I was four or five years old. Oh, so wow. I've been doing like piano recitals i was in like school choir i was in like the the church choir and the church bell choir and yeah i played the i was in the bell choir i was one of them (laughs) um that's fun just all that different stuff like the the school talent shows like all that kind of stuff like i've always been on the stage um and then even with music specifically, like when I turned 18, I started a duo. Um, I was in a band for a long time. I was in a disco band for a while. Like <laughs> I've just been performing that it, it doesn't really stress me out anymore. I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? Like fall off the stage, I've probably done that. <laughs> you know, Damn. so it doesn't it doesn't really bother me anymore so you've just always had this uh drive to perform clearly i mean since Mm -hmm. i mean seeing as he's one you've wanted to do it from a really young age um i i I mean i guess you kind of already said but like what about it exactly like like gives you like you know makes you want to keep coming back to it is it shallow to to say that i enjoy being on a stage in front of people like 
Is that shallow? Like the is it the attention? Maybe is is that shallow? I don't know. I don't know. Shallow is the right word. I know shallow is the right word. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the the actual word for it is, but um, you're talking to a guy named the podcast after himself. So (laughs) you're okay. You're okay. I feel like when I so like when I'm making music and I'm thinking about um, like putting together my set lists and stuff. I have thought out sets for like, if I made it big time and I was like selling out arenas and there was like hundreds of thousands of people and I had all of these like light technicians and and uh, this whole crew of people putting on my show. Like I've already envisioned what it looked like at this moment is when that light is going to pop <laughs> right here. And then, and then two other are going to pop out and my backup <laughs> dancers are going to be there. And then we're all going to be, you know, like I have envisioned Damn. these things. It is like I'm manifesting, you know, I'm manifesting it. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, I don't know, like it just, that excites me. Like being on stage and putting on, I think it's the performance, like mm. putting on such a phenomenal performance that people are like, holy shit, like, wow. I, I've i been to quite a bit of like live music. I've been to quite a bit of like local live music. I've been to quite a bit of like famous people's shows and stuff. I will say like one of my favorite shows that I ever went to was a Macklemore concert, like <laughs> And I know that sounds super cheesy, like Magamore, but <laughs> he was so good, like with the crowd, like incorporating the crowd, but it was still like such a good performance. Hmm. Like that's kind of what I like to see and like what I want to embody when I'm performing. Like there's no bigger pet peeve of mine than when people like hop up on stage and just like kind of mumble rap over <laughs> their track. Like, pull your lead vocals off. What are you doing? You're not even performing. If I was going to listen to your record, I would have just gone to Spotify and listened to your record. Like, (laughs) I don't need to hear you, like, yelling over the record. Yeah. You're describing Half Thile Hip Hop Showcase. (laughs) Called out. Come see me. (laughs) I will do my entire set a cappella. Let's go. Yeah, there's a th- yeah, there's I, I I agree with the whole like there's a whole like train of thought about like playing your track and like rapping over your track. But I've always been someone's like I'll have the core. I would like when I performed, yeah. I would have the chorus because mm-hmm. like that kind of makes sense. He like gives you a break, you know, and it kind of feels like there's something behind you. But like with the verse, like yeah, like give yourself that space and let yourself shine. Like I think pe- a lot of people exactly lot, well. I mean, let's be frank. What a lot of people do is they get too shit-faced to perform. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. I can't drink before I perform because I'm like, I and I see people that that'll even like live perform like without their their vocals on the record. They'll Mm -hmm. they'll live perform and they'll just be hammer drunk. And I'm like, how? I can't even like like I can't spit yeah. that many words out when i'm drunk i just can't but see i had to drink when i performed mm, it was like mm-mm. an anxiety thing like i had like i had to have a minimum of like two drinks in my system like get on mm. stage i usually have like maybe one full drink possibly a shot but i yeah. just don't like drink that heavily anymore so it's usually like yeah, well, i'll I- get a drink before i go on stage and i'm still drinking it while i'm on stage <laughs> like i haven't even finished it yet yeah, another part of 30, perhaps. Yeah, no. <laughs> 30 is great. But yeah, I keep my... Um, 
I keep my choruses on because a lot of stuff, what I'm doing too is like, I'll be like rapping in the verses, but mm. then I'll be singing in the choruses. And that's just so much like heftiness to do all of that fully straight through. So I'll usually leave the choruses on and then the harmonies because I'm like, damn, ain't nobody harmonizes well with me than me. <laughs> that's a lie. I just don't have a <laughs> backup singers yet. <laughs> We'll get you there. We'll get you, you know, there. <laughs> anybody who's looking, hit me up. <laughs> uh, let me go back to, I, I, you probably hate me still bring, keep bringing this up, but, uh, you know, talking about your album, you know, talking about 30, okay, how, do you, okay, how, okay. How, how do you, how do you compare, like, I don't know, look back a decade. Like, how do you compare yourself 10 years ago from now in terms of both, like, your artistry and, like, who you are as a person? Um... Well, I guess if I had to describe 20-year-old me in one word, it would be trash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's what has excited me the most about music. I think I've evolved substantially in the music realm. Um, Even from, like, the, the debut album, Disassembly, to this album, I feel like the evolution of sound from there to now is just like so um i definitely think there's a a major glow up there um however i will say so i was like pretty party animal when i was pretty young um and then i had this beautiful (laughs) bouncing boy right here i had him when i was 20 so that was kind of like the time that I started to settle down mm. where I wasn't like, oh, drugs and partying. Okay, I don't give a fuck about anything. I'm like, uh, no, hey, I'm going to be at home with my kid. And like, good luck with yeah. whatever y'all are doing over there. <laughs> so um, that's when I started like slowing down and settling down. But um, I think that just the life experiences that I've had from the time that I was 20 to the time now has also created like a mental glow up. Mm. I think I, I mean, I kind of weave in and out of this like really stone cold hearted bitch (laughs) to like this really sweet girl. And I feel like I'm kind of like going back into that sweet girl vibes. And I'm like, I like that, you know? So I think there's been, um, a good mental evolution that's happened over the last decade. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I'm almost 28, so I'm not too far behind you. You know, and it, it feels old some days, but, like, at the same time, like, my mom is 70. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't even, I, I'm not even old. Like, I still, I'm not even yeah. half her age that she is right now you know so i feel like there's still a lot to go and i feel like i'm very for an old soul i'm very young spirited Mm. uh we were we we were at my apartment building the the other day and my landlady was coming to check on something and she's like so who is this is this like your brother or your cousin and i was like that's that's my son and she was like what (laughs) How old is he? Well, he's 10. She's like, what? (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm 30. And she was like, what? (laughs) Like, I know. I'm going to look great. (laughs) Y'all are going to be like wrinkly and gross. And I'm going to be over here popping still. (laughs) 
so that's the perks yeah. of that <laughs> yeah well uh well that, that's something to <clears throat> that's something good to get right to fucking you know be called that yeah shit i mean people yeah people think i'm like 21 oh yeah I'm like i, I get that how do i feel about that i just kind of i don't know i think it, maybe it's different for a man than a woman i don't know maybe, i didn't maybe, learn... i think feel like we want to look older maybe yeah yeah it's opposite for women however yeah. i didn't learn until like last year that you had to be 21 to buy tobacco products now that's right that's yeah that's a whole right. new thing i'm like well i'm like almost 30 so <laughs> what and i like was somewhere and i got id'd and i'm just like <laughs> what and they're like yeah you got to be 21 like yeah you have tattoos all over but like you got to be 21 and I'm yeah. like, well, are you saying I don't look 21 yet? Like, <laughs> hey, okay. I mean, fuck 20-year-old me. We went over that, but <laughs> awesome, I guess. Isn't, but, that, isn't that crazy that it's gone up that far? Yeah, I, I was like, how did I get this old without knowing that that was a thing? <laughs> did you hear what they're trying to do in California? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it actually passed or not. They're, um, they're trying to make it so like, like anyone born after 2001 can't buy cigarettes. So, like, that age of 21 just, like, keeps. So, like, eventually people will be, like, 29 and they won't be able to buy cigarettes because it's after that year. So, they're basically trying to like, like make alleviate. cigarettes illegal by, like, grandfathering out. <laughs> Am I following? <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, I'm not mad. I think, <laughs> I think that was... All right, all right, all right. I have a rant for this. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. <What> I-, <laughs> I think I think that was the the biggest jokes on me of my lifetime was like fourteen year old rebel me was hanging out with the older kids and like smoking cigarettes oh, to be yeah. cool and shit. And then I turned eighteen and I'm like, well, fuck. Now I'm actually addicted. Yep. Yep. Now I'm thirty. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't ever really smoke cigarettes anymore. I go on and off of the vapes. Like, I'll, I'll be able to quit for a while. But the problem is, is when, like, you hang out with somebody else mm. that vapes. Yeah. It starts slow, but then it creeps back in. For cigarettes, I'm not really there anymore. Like That's good. That's good. Every once in a while when I'm, like, really, really drunk, I, <laughs> I'll crave a cigarette. Yeah. You know? But that's, like, the only time that I want a cigarette. Other than that, I'm like, eh, no, pass. Because they, they smell bad, and they taste bad, mm. and there's yeah. all that. So, I, I smoked for about five year, five and a half years. So, yeah, I totally I totally feel all that. Um, yeah, eventually, I just got I just got sick of it. I was just... Because, yeah, if you get to a point where it's just... It smells awful. Like, you, you have to deal with people... Like, you have to deal with the whole stigma of, like, being a cigarette smoker. Mm-hmm. i don't know and like you know i i still have like the occasional cigar oh, and like yeah. after smoking a cigar i could never go back to cigarettes like mm-hmm. i would just go i would just go chain smoke cigars <laughs> <laughs> like if i were to like just go into a full-blown pets, pets his cat and his yeah. turn around leather chair yeah my jaw disrespect gonna... <laughs> me on my daughter's wedding day <laughs> my jaw's gonna fall off from the cancer i'm still gonna be trying to do the podcast oh man that'd be great yeah <laughs> but yeah um yeah it's it's interesting like when you're being around other people who like because i i recently quit drinking and like that's congrats well thank you um that's kind of been a thing that i've been kind of maneuvering too it's like like being in a situation where where there's alcohol being around people where there's alcohol not like it you know i don't have like some like crazy alcohol story alcoholic story like right i just kind of got sick of it and kind of just didn't want to be like 
just didn't really want that to be a part of my life. I found that mm-hmm. gave me a lot of anxiety, affected my decision making. I was like, you know what? I just like I, I was going out and like dr- like just drinking just to like be sociable, and like that's a problem. So it, it's just something I personally decide not to do but like um you know yeah having to like be at like events or like be with people and just like you know, even on the podcast like it's it's a different vibe when you're like oh you're on that level and i'm on this level alcohol is mm-hmm. also the only drug where like people who are using it like expect you to be using it with them right <laughs> like, you know, almost like we could be you know smoking a joint if somebody was just like i'm good like all right cool but like mm-hmm. if we're all drinking and somebody's not drinking like everybody notices that person they're like why are we, mm-hmm. why, why, why are you drinking your hand like come on come hang out with you know come right it's just like why does it matter like i'm just chilling i'm just i'm just being me you know what's wrong with you me? know yeah i noticed that when i was in my 20s oh it was probably 23 or 24 i quit drinking for a long time Mm -hmm. and just being around drunk people when i was sober i'm like is that what i acted like like and it kind of like put it all into perspective of like oh oh and anymore like i have to i just like i gotta I gotta stop at my point because I mean I can I drink like a fucking man. <laughs> like I can drink a lot, but I just get so out of control and I don't yeah. like that. Like mm-hmm. I don't wanna be that person that like the morning after everybody's like, Oh well you did this and you did that and you said this and I'm like Well, I wish I could say I'm surprised. Uh I'm not. <laughs> sorry but um mm. so um to me it's been more about like um i don't necessarily not drink yeah but really really solidifying my boundaries of like all right i'm starting to get to that point and even if everyone around me is encouraging me like let's do more shots let's do this like I'm like, okay, I have to I have to be able to, even though I'm in this like partially inebriated state of mind, be able to say no. Yeah. So I don't become crazy. Because <laughs> yeah. I get crazy. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um Yeah, when uh yeah, it's great. like I, I always had the opposite problem when I drank. I like uh <laughs> I, like i would be the guy who would like still be drunk from the night before and like go to work and like nobody would be able to tell <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> be I like, I've, I've been, yeah i know it's, it's not a good thing to be it's not good because <laughs> then that's when like i feel like when you're the kind of person who can like do that kind of stuff and still function normally those are the people you gotta watch out for <laughs> mm, <right. laughs> those are the people who, like, like he was an alcoholic like he would like like i never even saw a drink in his he hand held my baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He drove my fucking kid from school every day. <laughs> he did the yeah. eulogy at my grandma's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that was dark. I'm sorry. That's the okay. Yagoogly. That, yeah, well, that's... that's the Yagoogly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Zoolander has been popping up in conversation everywhere around me lately. And so Great I just... Movie. Great say, movie. That's how this one came about. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean? Okay, is that like, what was named after? Or? There's not a Vincent in Zoolander, but <laughs> let me tell you how this happened. 
<laughs> Cover your ears. No, I'm kidding. He knows, <laughs> he knows this story. We need to cut um, this out. <laughs> so, uh, to, again, to, to age myself here, um, this was back in the fair and beautiful time of MySpace. Oh, fun. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I had a ton of mutual friends with his dad, and I'd like seen his dad around at different things because we had mutual friends. And so I came across his MySpace profile, and his profile picture was Blue Steel. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to marry that man. <laughs> So I like slid into his DMs and was like, Zoolander, yeah, I love that movie. Like, we should totally watch it together sometime. <laughs> that was that was my in. That was my in. Because I did also really love Zoolander. That was one of my favorite movies. So I slid in with the with the Zoolander and um you know, uh uh was it no, it wasn't Leonard Skinner, it was um Oh, Pink Floyd. A oh, Pink Floyd oh, yeah. album later and this guy came along. <laughs> <laughs> That's <funny. laughs> He's like, mm -hmm. That's, Sorry. You, hey, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can hear it on the thing. <laughs> You know, that's something that, like, you could not get away with. Or maybe that you cannot get away with, but, well, yeah, that you couldn't get away with. Like, just having, like, like if I was just, like, I put a Zoolander profile up and I was like, hey, come here. <laughs> that wouldn't work. <laughs> Nobody would jump in my DMs. <laughs> that was something that would only happen 10 years ago on MySpace. You know? Well, no, that was, like, God, when was MySpace? That would have been, like. Early 2000s. Right, early mid 2000s. 15 to 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I was like, I grew up in like a strict Catholic household. Like, mm -hmm. you know, did not. I had Facebook. <laughs> I got Facebook when I was like, like eight, like behind my parents' back. And it was funny because, like, you know, we were all like fucking adolescent children. So, like, back in the day on Facebook, there was like softcore porn that you could like go find. <laughs> <laughs> so like Whole and there's time? this yeah so there's well i don't i don't think anymore but like at the time you could like if you had a friend who had like access to the app or whatever like everybody could get it so i was like the fucking og of the mm, <laughs> like, everybody wanted to be around you <laughs> and then i but then i got fucking busted with it and mm. yeah so facebook was the only one that like jesus I, is ashamed of you oh oh <laughs> jesus is beyond ashamed <laughs> I don't think me and him would get along if we had dinner, you know. What oh I mean? man, I have a funny story about that, but I can't even talk about it without the present. We're gonna pass on that story. A uh, third time Sterling comes back to the podcast will remind me. That'll be the Easter egg. You can be like, "Hey, there remember that go. one time you were on my podcast and you had a story? <laughs> you gotta tell me now." <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny. That's funny. Do you have any? Do you have any advice to uh, people who are, you know, speaking of like parenting? Like, do you have any advice to people who are like looking to be parents or thinking about being parents? Be financially prepared. <laughs> Wear a condom. <laughs> like, <laughs> spend either two dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, it's it's expensive, and yeah. and. I feel like with both my kids, that's been one of the biggest obstacles is not even necessarily that like 
kids themselves are expensive. Like their clothes aren't necessarily more expensive than my clothes or their schooling isn't more expensive than my schooling or they don't eat more food than me. It's not, it's not that they're necessarily expensive, but it puts you in a really expensive situation. It's an extra mouth to feed. You know, well, it puts you, it puts you in an, an, an expensive situation just because like you don't have you don't have the the lack of responsibility the free time like i i spend a lot of time with my kids that like i can't work during that time because i don't work from home or anything like that so like i can't spend that time working or you know like it it's just it's it's such a a big financial obligation to take on and i feel like that's been the biggest obstacle with both my kids especially when you look at like i'm a single parent so trying to cohesively do that with somebody else it doesn't always pan out to be the most cohesive thing and that gets expensive and difficult so um yeah, I would say my best advice would be to She's like, fuck you, mom. <laughs> um, I would say I would say the finances, just being ready, you know, and making sure um the best advice that was given to me, and this is honestly one of the reasons that um my son's dad and I are such phenomenal co parents together is because some advice was given to me before Vincent was born. And she said to me, she said, children will like bring out all of the cracks in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a bad thing. It's not like all kids are going to ruin your relationship. But if there are cracks in your foundation, children will show that. And they, they will bring that out because you're tired, you're stressed, you're frustrated, you know, like you're, you've taken on all of this extra stuff and the, the things that didn't seem like problems before are now problems. And so when, when Vincent, when I was still pregnant with Vincent, one of the things that his dad and I agreed on from the jump and has literally never been an issue since is when this happens, when he is born, it's not about us anymore. It's about him. It's not about our feelings towards each other. And, and like, we, I mean, we're normal human beings. We fight occasionally. We sure. don't always agree on everything. Sure. But on the flip side of that, you know, like, we never, we've never gone to court. We've never done a formal custody agreement. We've never done child support. We spend time together every week as a family. Um, well, not every week anymore. We used to. We're, with the different states and stuff, it's gotten a little more difficult. But we try and spend as much time together as a family as we can. Like, what he is getting out of that is just because we're not together, he's still seeing a functioning and loving relationship. Mm. And that, to me, is so important for children of broken homes. Like, mm, Yeah, I agree. You have to, that that would be, I guess, my bigger advice than finances. That would be my bigger advice is if if it's not somebody that you know you can be with forever, like you haven't kind of identified those cracks and like talked about them and made sure that you're going to be able to work through them, find somebody that you can at least like coexist with forever because yeah. you have to, till death do you part? No, no, no. <laughs> 
you could divorce somebody and never speak to them again and that's that but when you have a child with somebody like that is till death do you part Mm. so i think um being able to have that person that you can coexist with is the biggest piece of advice yeah because it's not about y'all anymore and if y'all can't agree on that then fundamentally it's just not gonna it's gonna be a long rest of your life yeah (laughs) well um you know i i i can say i appreciate that um someone like you is like you know level-headed enough to like you know kind of step back and you know acknowledge that i think you know myself included like i think about like if i had kids with my ex-wife and like we were split and like trying to figure that out like it would not be <laughs> it would not be a clean amicable like and i just that's probably the case for a lot of people you know there's like i can imagine there's a lot of emotions that are involved you know well in your relationship in general but when you, you know when you throw in a kid i can imagine that unloads a whole other basket of uh craziness so yeah have kids <laughs> <laughs> so again i say uh be financially ready and work on them <laughs> yeah i i'm always on the fence of that but w- w- let me ask you let me ask you like just kind of as like I, you have your own advice about like having kids but, like as a general population like do you think people should be trying to have kids more do you think you know they should I don't know. I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you should. It depends on your own situation. But like, do you think we as a society should be striving towards that? Do you think there's too many kids? Not enough? What do you think? Hear me out. Okay. And this is possibly an unpopular opinion. Okay. So I'm gonna preface it with that. That's but. the show's all about that. So. <laughs> you have to have a license to drive a vehicle that can cause manslaughter. You have to have a license to go fishing. You have to have a license to wield a gun to take somebody's life. But you're telling me that- Iowa, you don't. Oh, not anymore, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, But you're telling me that anybody and everybody can just frolic off and have kids like you're you're bringing a life into this world i feel like how are we not i think people should have to have a license for that <laughs> like i'm sorry but if i have to have a license to go fishing like you can only take two fish home with you here comes the dnr to fuck up my day like so so what's the criteria for getting a license to be a parent well first of all you can't be fucking stupid (laughs) (laughs) iq test oh that's a slippery slope sterling that's a slippery slope i don't know how we i don't know how we test that stupidity (laughs) i don't know how we test that sterling's about to start the second all If you're below ninety, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how we test stupidity. There, there's, we gotta like come up with some kind of test. But I, it's just, I. That's fucking hilarious. I feel like you can't be stupid. Oh. And, and, and I guess, all right, all right. I guess by stupid, I mean underprepared. Um, I feel like, uh, so, so on a sidebar that will, that will come back to this. Um, I, I generally, um, don't, you can't do that. Remember, I generally date people that are older than me. I have only twice ever dated people that were younger than me, male or female. I Mm -hmm. always date up. 
just because like I don't know I can't and and I learned with the few people that I have dated younger than me I'm over here like oh you can't teach an old dog new tricks but you can train a puppy right (laughs) and then further down the road I'm like this is why I don't have a fucking dog (laughs) because I don't want to train a puppy I don't need another child to take care of so I I feel like maybe this is like what uh, I mean by stupid. Like my girlfriend's listening to this right now. Like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this shit, do I? <laughs> I I feel like that's maybe what I mean by stupid is just like underprepared. Like if if I'm over here like guiding you through life, then maybe you're not ready to have kids. And like if if you picked sterling of all people to like guide you through your life and your maturity then you're not ready to have kids <laughs> like no so i don't i don't know how we test that but i don't know what goes into the license but that's my thought is people need to have a license to have children because woof woof i look at so my guilty my guilty pleasure right now i have been watching selling sunset never heard of it uh so it's all of these really beautiful bitches out in la that sell real estate okay and they just have like the most fabulous outfits and they're selling these like multi-million dollar homes and stuff and i'm like wow must be nice (laughs) but in like the most recent season um nick cannon's is it his wife maybe i don't you know i i mean i didn't get too deep into their thing but um she was on and one of the things they talked about on the show was that after you have 10 kids you don't have to pay child support anymore like i'm like wait what like why are we incentivizing people to have like an excessive amount of children oh yeah oh i agree with that 100 percent. yeah like no i feel like with each additional child you should have to pay more in child support like you didn't get it the first time stupid (laughs) (laughs) now you're gonna get double fined you know so i feel like some of these laws are a little bit backwards (laughs) who who made these I don't know. Kim Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much of a bitch she is. She's like, I'm gonna fuck my I'm gonna fuck women over. <laughs> <laughs> fuck all these women. They, they voted for me thinking that was on their side. Nah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Six weeks, bitch. <laughs> Six weeks. <laughs> oh, man. Uh Sterling, uh we're getting close to the hour here. Um is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we maybe wrap this up? <laughs> you have your album 30 dropping here what was the date again july 5th july 5th okay mm-hmm. so so yeah it'll be about less than a month from when this, this yeah. comes out hell yeah, hell yeah well i look forward to it. everything i've heard from you is is great and uh yeah i guess where, where can people find you otherwise um obviously i'm on all streaming platforms um sterling banks uh you can find me on all social medias at sterling banks baby um you could text me. I don't know. Uh, boy, hand me my phone. I got to look at the number. I don't know my phone number. <laughs> I don't text myself. Like, Where do you put your phone? I don't know. 
Never mind. You can't text me. There's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the MySpace days anymore. I don't know if you want. <laughs> Uh, I, I I guess I'll just I'll pass it along to you, and you can like put it in the little tag on the video, like text Sterling. Oh, just put um, my number down there. <laughs> do you want that? Do you want those problems? No. That's you, what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't want those problems. Today at work, we were talking about how so my boss has done started doing this new thing where he started getting too many emails, uh-huh. so he just stopped reading them. <laughs> And like the 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 manager girl was like, you can't do like that's making the problem worse. And I'm like, yeah, but I kind of do the same thing. Like I'll get to yeah. a point where I get 50 unread text messages, and then I just get so much anxiety that I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I need to plan in my calendar a time that I can sit down and actually respond to everybody because there's so many different people to respond to and on so many different ranges of topics that I'm like, ah, I'm just not gonna respond to anybody. Like that's when you throw the phone in the pond. Exactly. <laughs> Start fresh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't think you want the the, the Sterling Banks DM and text message no. problems. <laughs> that would be entertaining, though. I would probably get a kick out of it, though, for sure. Do you, or do you follow me on Snapchat? Uh, no. So, my Snapchat is lit. Wubs underscore McFwubs. <laughs> don't ask why I made it when I was, like, fucking 12 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> my snapchat is lit and uh so it's the ongoing thing and you see it kind of cross over onto my other platforms but it's mostly on snapchat right now where all of my fans are called gregs (laughs) and i'll do like the occasional thirst traps i mean i do like fit checks all the time but i'll do the occasional thirst traps yeah and i'm like you fucking thirsty gregs here you go (laughs) i mean if you're if you're gonna throw out the thirst traps you gotta be awkward about it like (laughs) you don't want them to think you're too sexy (laughs) you know maybe it'll ward some of them off from uh sliding up into the dm because anytime i do it it's just like i get a lot of people that will be like prayers to your dms and i'm like thank you because you know so um yeah my fans my fans are called gregs <laughs> my dad's name is actually greg and that's, oh, that's, where, that's where it all started from <laughs> that's funny well gregs go hit up uh sterling banks bye you gregs i love you all oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> sterling it's been a pleasure as always thank you for having me yeah, hope to have you on again sometime absolutely sure. yeah <laughs> Um, guys, every Monday and Thursday at 7 p.m., uh, we got a website, MacAllisterArts.com. We're on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you can find us. We also have a Patreon where you can find exclusive content there for only $4 a month. Guys, less than half a pack of cigarettes. You can go watch me extra for free. And another, California another is making cigarettes legal, illegal by grandfathering them out anyway. So. Exactly. Exactly. So fuck it. Just <laughs> take the money. If you're in California, take the money that you would spend in your pack of cigarettes and spend it on me. All right, guys. (laughs) Have a good night. Peace.